Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And welcome to episode 135 of Geek Time Radio. This week I have with me Chris. Hi David. Hiya, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. How about you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm, uh, Good. Uh, it's been a busy week TV-wise. There's been lots of uh, new stuff coming <laughs> on. So uh, yeah, so we, we're very much into the autumn season, I think, at this point. Yeah. So what have you been up to recently? Well, I've just been settling into kind of university and <laughs> um, really dealing with everything that comes along with that yeah um something some good things good some bad but um yeah it means i haven't had a lot of time to watch entertainment but um i'm i found someone in my flat who will watch lots of tv series and binge watch them on netflix which is always good yeah so i've caught up on quite a few things recently so what sort of stuff have you been watching i've finally caught, caught up on both um jessica jones oh, cool. quite a while, yeah. and uh, defenders yes so i'm i'm i've literally watched um all of the Marvel Netflix things for now. Good. Um, until the Punisher comes out, but let's see you've got that um, yes. down for later. <laughs> yes, yes, comes um, out very soon. So yeah, th- those have been very good. I've been impressed with um, the Defenders and how it um, played out. So I was a bit sceptical as I like how it was going to work into the Marvel episodes that they had. Yeah, how the four would come together, but um, it seems to put, like work really well. Yeah, um, it was enjoyable and a good watch for anyone. Same with Jessica Jones, really, and especially Kilgrave is an amazing villain. Yeah, for the series. So yeah, that that was mainly what I've been in there. But yeah. um, I've also been um catching up on Rick and Morty as it goes along, <laughs> and yeah. I see I saw the finale, and I'm not too sure whether I like the finale or not. It was a bit. A hit and a miss for me. Yeah. Because it didn't really feel like a finale, it just felt like another episode. No, I know what you mean there. I felt very much the same. But uh, I, yeah. I love that show. I've I really become addicted to that show because I, I caught it very late. So I ended up binge watching my way through and then I had to watch it weekly. And and now I've kind of just want more episodes, you know. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, every couple of years, is it seems a bit long time to wait for the things. But yeah. um, if the writing is good enough, then fair enough. Yeah. And there's been a lot of good moments this season. It's just the finale didn't really hit the ball for me. Yeah. It just felt like an, any old episode. Yeah. And compared to season one and two, I, I wouldn't say it was up there with the best. No. I don't think it would decline in quality at all. I think they've got time to think it through and think of the next plot lines because they've yeah. been doing this for years now. I've also, well, on Entertainment Talk, we've been covering a bit of The Walking Dead recently. Yes, um, yes. Considering it's going to come back very soon. And I'm I'm kind of excited for it. 
Uh, yeah. it's, it's been when you have like a long break for TV series, it's hard to get back into the swing of things and get you because I've been focusing on Game of Thrones recently and then Rick and Morty. Yeah, and now I had to write start thinking about The Walking Dead now and what everything that could happen there. <laughs> yeah, I mean you probably have that like a lot worse products the amount of TV shows that you cover. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be quite crazy. Yeah, so on Entertainment Talk we did a podcast last week um, talking about The Walking Dead as a preview. I believe me and Matt are gonna do one talking. You know, over, like all the characters and where they're at and right. where they could go so that'd be interesting to do cool so if you want to go check that out it's on entertainment talk entertainmenttalk.org that is yes. .org, that is yeah yes. I've also watched something this morning which was the Patton Oswalt uh, stand up oh uh, yeah sort of the hour long thing and though I do very much enjoy like his kind of comedy and stand up I didn't feel like all the jokes kind of hit the head for me but uh, they seem very kind of like an edgy opinion you kind of final twister which, <laughs> which was um it was a bit a little bit disappointing but it was still a good watch i yeah i mean i i saw that as well uh annihilation the the new stand-up and uh i i really enjoyed it i know what you mean some of the jokes didn't quite hit but i think it's interesting seeing him particularly uh with everything that happened with pat Oswald. for those that you don't know pat Oswald he's one of the guys that's on um agents of shield and mm. amongst many many other things uh but his wife died very suddenly last year so a lot of yeah the second half of that he's him kind of amazingly yeah. managing to be funny about one of the, you know, the most tragic situation he could possibly find himself in. It's sort of heartbreakingly hilarious in places, I think. It's, I, I did really enjoy it, and I thought he, he you know, did incredibly well to, to get through it. And I know some of the jokes yeah. might not quite have hit, but I, I you know, it, I thought it was, I, as a whole thing, I thought it was really quite quite sweet and beautiful and, and, uh, and very funny as well. So, yeah, I quite yeah. enjoyed it. I do respect him for what he, uh, he did to come out like that and manage to make light of a very serious situation but yeah. in terms of treating it like any old yeah. standard comedy it's, it doesn't quite it's not quite up there for me Yeah, but yeah massive respect to him for what he did yeah. and I think the last thing that I would like to talk about is I finally got around to seeing the new Kingsman film oh yes I haven't seen it yet is it any Have good it is, um, it is not quite as good as the first one right but it's still definitely worth a watch because oh, um, Taron Egerton and um, Paul Colin Firth are in this one yeah so it's definitely worth um, you watching um, I think it's mainly I don't like the whole idea of the crossover with the Americans right um, and that, maybe it's just because I don't like trying that but it seemed it, it seemed a bit tacky to me and um, I know it's all a bit like kind of comedy kind of action and it is meant to be a bit tacky and funny at places but I yeah. prefer if they just say it and say true to the original kind of concept but yeah very very funny w- worth watching for anyone who wants to see that yeah now well I enjoyed the first one I will probably get the second one on DVD but yeah, I, yeah I, it was uh, it was very fun the first one so so for me, I mean, the, the big things, of course, this week have been all the DC shows have returned. So Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow are all back. I think all had fairly reasonably strong starts. Arrow, I think, is a bit more back on track than it has been in some of its previous seasons. It seems to be setting things up quite well. You've got some characters kind of missing, some uh, you're still not entirely sure what's happened to everybody. Flash, I, I thought it was a little bit of a cop-out how they bought 
brought the Flash back because you know the they ended last season with him getting trapped in the Speed Force, and they they kind of MacGuffined the way back into it with him coming back, which is fine. I mean, it had to happen. I just think they could have found a slightly better way of doing it. But it's a fun show, and it sounds as though they're making it a bit lighter because it got quite serious in places last year, and it sounds. Mm-hmm. Though it's it's getting a bit more of the fun back into it, which was what I always loved about that show in the earlier seasons. So, so that's really good. Supergirl is Supergirl, you know. <laughs> I think uh, that you know, it pretty much the same sort of thing. That actually appears, if anything, to have gone a little bit darker because she's sort of turning away from the she was turning away from being Kara and had to shoot her boyfriend off into space so uh, so she's sort of moping over over uh, Monel and she seems to have sort of come round by the end of the first episode so we'll have to see next week whether it kind of goes back to to her normal fun south next week and legends uh, which i adore is just wonderfully silly uh <laughs> the just the you had yeah. the episode this episode which is sort of you meet the time masters uh or the the time uh they're not called the time masters are they they're they he's basically rip hunters set up the time bureau so this is this new people who are are the idea is that he says that the legends are a bit like using a chainsaw in open heart surgery, whereas they're more of a scalpel. That's sort of the idea of it. Uh, so they've sort of ban- he's he disbanded the legends and uh, said they didn't need them anymore. But of course, they end up coming back together. Uh, but the plot line for that evolves around Julius Caesar showed it, showing up in Aruba and trying to take <laughs> over the world, which uh, it's, it sounds absolutely ludicrous when you read it on paper, but it's wonderful wonderful fun i love that show just because it it doesn't take itself very seriously it's fun it's silly but it doesn't step too far over the line of being completely ridiculous so you know i i just i enjoy that show so much so all four of those are back now and we've got inhumans joining them fairly soon as well so you'll be able to voice your opinion on inhumans yeah i haven't actually um because of the whole uh, arrowverse and everything that dc is doing with tv i actually haven't got around to seeing the majority of all the things because it's so hard to catch up on and now it's gone to the point where it's overwhelming and if i do watch it's gonna take a whole year of my life (laughs) um to catch up with both like well all four that you mentioned really yeah Yeah. well I'll start somewhere with um, a few. I mean, I have seen Flash season one, right? And a, a part of a bit of Arrow, yeah. But, um, I, I, it's all just kind of going over my head. I kind of yeah. sit down and have, watch it all in one. For me, Flash and Legends are the two shows that I I think I find most fun. I, okay. I enjoy Arrow and I enjoy Supergirl, but Flash and Legends are the are the two ones that really hit for me. In terms of of non superhuman shows, I've been watching uh, Mind Hunter as well which Mm. is a new series on Netflix. Absolutely brilliant. It's from David Fincher, who is the guy behind Gone Girl and various other films. He also made um, Zodiac and Seven was his as well. But it's it's sort of done in the vein of of, uh, the movie Zodiac, if you kind of know that film. The idea is it's two FBI guys. It's set in the 80s at sort of the start of, or late 70s, at the start of, of them discovering what serial killers are, basically, and them starting to track and trying to learn more 
more about how ser- serial killers' minds operate. So they have this idea of, in the Behavioural Science Unit of the FBI, of going to interview serial killers as a way of helping them get more insight into into spotting the patterns earlier. So it's 10 episodes long. There are anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour long you know they vary them depending on what the story needs it's just beautifully put together it's not overly gory i mean the opening episode there is a particularly gory moment in the very first episode but it's it's not that sort of horror it's much more sort of psychological stuff it's more just about them following this process it's just incredibly well written the characters are based on real life characters so the serial killers they're talking to are based on the real serial killers Wow. The the characters of the FBI agents and the psychologists that they meet up with, those people did exist, but they've altered the names to allow them to kind of play around with the backstory and make them kind of a bit more interesting, I suspect. Uh, yeah. But it is based off a book written by the real-life version of those guys. So, you know, it's all based in sort of historical fact with as, as much as any of these things are anyway. But the uh, the facts about the serial killers and and the people that they're chasing are are kind of all historically accurate so i thought that it's just brilliantly done one of the nice things is is that the fact that it's only 10 episodes and it's it doesn't outstay it's welcome it's well crafted to fit into that space there's no filler in it it's it just it feels like one very long movie in some respects you know Mm. it sort of it doesn't really feel like that it's sort of stretching in any any way each episode opens with a little vignette of a guy who's and it's never actually explained who this guy is throughout it he's actually a, a serial killer called the btk killer and uh, we're assuming that's the person they're going to go after in the second season but it, it's that's sort of interesting because you see these it's like this cold open and you see these little bits of this guy blatantly preparing to do something that's you know not quite right because you see him kind of picking up like you know um, rope and uh, duct tape and that sort of stuff and you see him waiting around at a house putting gloves on and and things like that but it's never actually explained who this guy is and the uh, main cast don't interact with him at any point it's just you, them sort of teasing it's almost like they're teasing the second season before the first season's finished yeah. you know which is kind of, which is kind of really interesting have, really got the plan set out then for yeah. this to be a long-term thing so it's it seems to be building towards you know him being the person that they're going to go after next season but yeah very interesting uh very well put together if you like those sort of psychological thrillers or horrors it were one well worth looking for at that Going back to uh, stand-up comedy, which we were talking about earlier, one of the other shows that's finished this week was a show called I'm Dying Up Here, which was on Sky Atlantic. It's an HBO show, which was about the birth of stand-up comedy in uh, LA in the 70s. Again, I mean, it's, it's one of those HBO shows that is very well put together feels very much in that era Mm. it's set in a comedy club the sort of matriarchal character that runs the comedy club kind of treats all the comics a bit like her children and he sort of says this is how you get to johnny carson johnny carson being the big talk show host at the time uh and the idea is that they the more they perform there the guys from the carson show come and see them and it will get them up onto the carson show that's the sort of ultimate goal 
for any comic around that time was to get a spot on Carson. And it's just about their lives and how they interact with each other. And you've got young comics coming in and sort of starting to find their feet. You've got some more established comics who are jobbing comedians and you've got some that have managed to kind of just about make it and have managed to get Carson spots and how that affects them and how drugs affect them as well and uh, their lives and how that informs the comedy it's a really well put together drama series but obviously it's got a lot of jokes in because you get to see bits of their stand-up routine which is very funny and particularly the scenes when they're after they're finished doing their stand-up set and they're back in the cafe and they're kind of ribbing jokes off each other, which is th- those scenes are particularly entertaining because they're kind of just mm. uh, ripping each other about various things. So uh, I think that's 10 episodes as well, uh, but well worth going to watch. I imagine it's on Now TV if you've got Now TV and uh, it's on Sky Atlantic on the catch up as well. So well worth going to see. And uh, the other thing I've been doing this week because it came out on Tuesday was uh, South Park, the fractured but whole, the new game that they, they really. I loved, loved the first version of this. Second one hasn't been quite as funny. I don't think it's not been quite as good. Still very entertaining, horrendously childish humour, mostly based around fart gags. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but it's it's still really a fun world to be messing around in. I'm sure there is a lot of in-jokes I'm missing because I haven't really been dedicatedly watching South Park for a very long time. So uh, I, I'm sure that there are, are some in-jokes in there that I, I haven't picked up on. But uh, it's been surprisingly long, actually. I mean, I'm not sure how many hours I've put into it so far, but I, I keep on getting to points where I think, yeah, see, I've played 21 hours so far. And I, I keep on thinking, I must be getting close to the end, and it seems to keep on going, the story. So, uh, so you know, that's quite good. Yeah, I mean, I've pl- I played the first game, uh, yeah. South Park game, and um, I thought that the humour is very childish, and I won't, I'm not even going to knock it for that, because that's just what South Park is. Yeah. But, I, I mean, that... If it doesn't really appeal to your humor sense, I, I still think you can enjoy these games. I haven't played the second one, so I don't really know. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's great. They've tweaked little bits and pieces in terms of you know how the mechanics work of it, but essentially it's the same format. You know, the the combat's very much very similar. The story actually picks up literally the day after you actually pick up at the sort of final battle of the previous game, and then it runs into the next day where they decide to go from playing the sort of fantasy thing that they were playing in the stick of truth and decide that they're going to go and play superheroes instead that's that's basically what the the new plot line is so they end up becoming superheroes and and that's where it sort of picks up and the whole storyline evolves around them searching for a missing cat that's essentially what it is (laughs) um, what a great storyline yeah Um, (laughs) so riveting uh, (laughs) of course there's a lot of other things that happen because this is South Park so uh, but yeah, yeah I'm worth, worth going to play as I say it's I mean I'm at 21 hours at the moment which I think the first game I played through in 16 hours so it's already outlasting the first game which is good and they've got like extra content coming as, as all these things they've got DLC so uh, you know I'm sure that will come along as well but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been fun. Um, a bit distracted at the moment What's, uh, playing a different game uh, Cuphead yeah, I'm oh, getting quite yeah. addicted to that um, have you played that? I have I have played that a little bit not a lot but I have played it a little bit it's, uh, oh all, I love it it's yeah, brilliant yeah it's it's really tough in places as well it's mm-hmm. it's that sort of the stylized like those old 19 sort of 
30s 1940s cartoons and uh, it so beautifully looks absolutely beautiful but it is really hard in places you know it's kind of a platformer but yes tough tough to get through but uh, yeah it's got both um, kind of platformers and like boss fights at the same time yeah and I don't know I I reckon it's good that like that game is quite tough because a lot of games these days are kind of easy to kind of get through yeah and you, you don't want to set a standard where the games are known well, video games are known as something that's easy to do. Yeah. Like, you, you know, the Dark Souls and everything like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they're meant to be actually tough and challenging. Yeah. So I, um, I kind of respect Cuphead for making levels stressfully hard but you get you once you've done them you get like a good reward yeah. for it. you feel like you achieve something no absolutely i've i've played it a little bit but then i was i was in the middle of some other things so i haven't actually been back to it very much but um but yes that's a really quite stunning looking game um as well so we're worth going to have a look at just for the visuals i think if nothing else yeah definitely so that's all the stuff we've been up to this week let's move on to some tv and film news <laughs> TV and film news this week, we kick off with the air date updates as usual. First one, as uh, Chris mentioned a little bit earlier, Punisher is coming mm-hmm. and finally, finally has a an air date. It's coming on Friday the 17th of November. It was going to originally come in October, but after the shootings in Las Vegas, they moved it back a bit. They also cancelled, I think, a panel at uh, New York Comic Con as well because they sort of didn't feel that it was appropriate for whatever reason. But yeah, so it's it's now got an air date of 17th of November. I'm looking forward to this because I thought Frank Castle was very was like the standout yeah. character of of the uh, Daredevil season two. Yeah, definitely. Um, John Bernthal is incredible as the Punisher. Like yeah. uh, even when people were kind of fan casting him to be that, I was like, yeah, he's probably not going to live up to like like previous Punishers and everything. He won't be quite up to that level. Yeah, Thomas Jane and everything. Yeah. But he absolutely kills it in the role, and I can't wait to see how his character develops. Yeah, totally deserved his own season. It's sort of kind of the, kicks off the second arc i guess of the uh marvel netflix tv shows yeah. uh, i would say so uh, that's that's going to be kind of interesting i i do want to see that that's look, looking really good couple of other shows that have finally got air dates over here uh, fresh off the boat which is a sitcom which i think is on its fifth season or fourth season in the US finally got a UK premiere date that's on Wednesday the 1st of November at 8pm on 5 Star Ghosted which is this series which is sort of a comedy X-Files or a sort of cross between X-Files and Ghostbusters is basically how it's been pitched <laughs> right um, well. co- coming on uh, Monday the 30th of October at 9.30 on ITV2 that one L- looked kind of the trailer looked fun so we'll see when it comes on it's been doing reasonably well in the ratings in the US I think so uh, so yeah that that looks like it, it could be a one to look out for because I mean US is up until this year the US has very rarely done comedy sci-fi and then we've sort of had this and uh, the Orville as well which mm-hmm. but you know both sort of comedy sci-fi series that's a genre they've stayed away from previously so uh, so kind of interesting to see what that looks like and then Five Star have picked up the rights to Speechless which is a show starring Mini Driver British actor mini driver which i looked hilarious from i when i first saw it she's basically about a woman with her moving her family in america she has three kids the oldest of which has cerebral palsy and it's her sort of dealing with that family life but in a sitcom setting 
And the trailer looks hilarious for this. It's it's on its second season, I think, now. Looks on track to get a third. This has been picked up by Channel 5. And uh, the uh, the tweet from Minnie Driver was very funny because she, she tweeted out that, uh, well, UK Twitter, Fox saw fit to sell Speechless to Channel 5. So there will be sandwich between botched plastic surgery and Peppa Pig. Wow. <laughs> so she wasn't overly happy with the idea idea in actual fact i rather suspect that though channel five have bought it i doubt it will go out on the main channel i suspect it will probably end up on five star or five usa but we'll see because we haven't heard back from channel five exactly where it's going to go yet so uh yeah. so yes but uh various people had gone back to her and sort of said it's not quite as bad as it was channel five i mean the output's not great but it wasn't as bad as it has been in the past yeah definitely it's gone a little bit better but uh. yeah sort of less naked keith Ch- Chegwin, which is always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a problem. <laughs> that that was that was not good. Um, so. Moving on to the bigger news this week, CW has been developing another DC Comics project called Project 13. Uh, It's from the creator of Bitten. And these characters, to be honest, I must have read about, but they're not particularly big characters in the uh, DC universe. It centers on a girl called Tracy 13, who's a 20-something forensic scientist, a believer in the paranormal, who discovers her own extrasensory abilities when she joins her estranged skeptical father dr terence 13 to investigate mysterious cases of the paranormal and unexplained phenomena the characters have popped up in various comic books uh first popped up in superman comic in 2003 trace is described as a homo magi which is a human born with the innate ability for magic she's forbidden to practice it by a father due to a mother being killed by magic but when she moves out on her own she settles in metropolis and starts to practice urban magic which taps into the knowledge of cities the character crosses paths with various dc heroes throughout various comic books so she's sort of a secondary character she's i don't think they've ever had their own book she's She's worked with uh, Batman, Superman, Superboy, Jamie Reese, who is the current incarnation of Blue Beetle in the books and uh, who she starts a relationship with. She was also raised and trained by Ralph Dibney, who was his elongated man, who I think is popping up in Legends soon as well. She's well known to the Teen Titans due to the fact that Reese also joined the Teen Titans for a while when she was offered membership herself, but decided not to join because being on a hero team with her boyfriend would complicate things too much. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Are you aware of these characters? Because they were not really ones that I knew. I mean, I'm more aware of uh, Marvel characters, but even uh, I do know a lot of DC ones. I have yeah. no idea who these people are. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, interesting, like, that they make a show on such obscure characters. Yeah. Not, not even, like, they're not even supporting characters. They're, they're very minor characters that have only appeared in a few comics. Yeah. I guess someone's has a good idea and they're looking to develop on it. Yeah, I mean, it... I- I thought they were they're an odd kind of sideways pick. For once, this isn't been done by Greg Belanti. It's been written by the uh, by Dagan Franklin, who is the creator of Bitten, which was the uh, werewolf show, which sort of ended up, I think, eventually aired on Netflix over here, but for, didn't air for a very long time. Elizabeth Banks, who is uh, from Modern Family and the Lego Movie and Thirty Rock, she's actually the exec producer on it. So I don't no idea whether she's going to be in it as well but she's exact producer on it i mean i i don't know it's i suppose the advantage for them of of picking up a a dc 
property like this is they're not majorly beholden to the comic books other than from the basic outline of it you know and i think it's a, it's an interesting idea the uh, sort of magic show that's a father and daughter based on the idea of urban magic it's very kind of cw i mean it sort of does fit in with their remit i think so yeah i mean if they have not much source material to go on there's, there's always benefits and drawbacks for that yeah. the, the benefit is that you can take it anywhere you want you can go any direction with these kind of characters yeah. Um, because people don't really like uh, don't previously care about them yeah. and now you're trying to make people care about them make people aware of them but then on um, the drawback is these characters might not be in the comics because they're just not that interesting yeah um that's the reason and i'm also thinking that dc has a lot of tv series right now especially yeah. within the cw universe i'm really gonna i don't know how they're gonna juggle all, all of these They've got Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Legends. Now Black Lightning is coming out as well. Yeah, yeah. And this um, is, and I'm also worried for Marvel as well with Inhumans and all the Defender series and Punisher. Yeah, it, it seems like they've got everyone's putting everything on their plates right now. Yeah, and it's I'm not sure how it's all going to tie in to one universe, but hopefully it'll turn out right. Yeah, well, I mean, at the moment you've got uh, Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Legends are all one universe. Black Lightning right now isn't part of the same universe despite okay. the fact it's a Greg Belanti series you've also got Titans coming out which is based on the Teen Titans that's going to be on DC's own service and uh, we'll come on to a bit more about that in a minute but you've got that coming out as well and as well as you know things like Gotham and Lucifer and Preacher and Krypton as well you know they're all DC shows so mm-hmm. crazy crazy amount of stuff that they have crazy. really but yes Titans as we mentioned they have have cast Beast Boy for the DC TV show. This is the uh, the Teen Titans based show it's not it is made by greg belanti so it's possible there will be some tie into the flash arrowverse but it's not going out on cw it's going to go out on dc's director consumer digital service which i really wish they'd give a decent name to because dc's upcoming director consumer digital service is a bit of a mouthful right now and uh, we don't know whether that is going to be worldwide or us only so we don't know yet whether you know this titan is going to end up airing on a standard channel outside the US or whether the uh, the subscription thing is going to be worldwide, in which case it's another thing you'll need to buy. Um, but uh, yeah, they've announced today that, or they announced last week that they they've cast Beast Boy. It's a guy called Ryan Potter. He's appeared in various TV and film projects. He's probably best known as the voice of Hero in Disney's Big Hero Six, though. That's that's the sort of main thing. If you see a photo of him though, next to a photo of Beast Boy, aka uh, Gar Logan, I mean, paint the guy green. Uh, pretty much perfect bit of casting. You know, really 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 great bit of casting i think beast boy if you don't know that character he contracted a disease as a lethal disease as a child whilst their parents who were scientists were in west africa 
that uh, the only thing that is immune from the disease is the West African green monkey. So they come up with this idea of injecting him with an untested serum that turns him into the monkey for 24 hours and he's supposed to turn him back. But the side effect of that is it's turned his skin, his eyes, his hair green and gives him the ability to metamorphosize into any animal of his choice. Hence the name Beast Boy. He first appeared in Doom Patrol back in 1965. So he's been around for a very long time, but he's very key to Teen Titans. He appeared in an, the 80s run by uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez called New Teen Titans. And he's kind of been a mainstay of the Teen Titans team ever since then. So I, I thought it was a little weird that they hadn't announced him already for the TV show. Um, mm. The other cast for the TV show includes uh, Tegan Croft, who's playing Reagan, Anna Diop, who's playing Starfire, Brennan Thwaites, who's playing Dick Grayson, aka Nightwing or Robin, depending who they go for, uh, Alan Richardson and M- Minka Kelly, who are playing Hawk and Dove. So I don't know whether they've got anybody else coming, but I mean, that seems like a fairly well put together team, I would have thought. Yeah, it, that seems like the, the, the kind of ultimate number you should have yeah. to start off with, at least. And then obviously characters will develop and they might leave the team and then you have some new people come in. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this. I think a live action Team Titans TV series, I think is something that uh, should go down particularly well, I would have thought. Uh, yeah, and, definitely. And it's the first time we've really had a member of the Bat family on mm. screen, you know, uh, in Dick Grayson. You know, I believe in, in this episode, in this week's episode of Arrow, Batman got name dropped or, or um, Bruce Wayne at least got name dropped. So mm. that sort of establishes that, that he is in this universe. So, uh, yeah, they're going to finally find the way to uh, smoothly transition Batman and Superman and everyone into this TV universe and, yeah. and find out if they're going to do that. Yeah. Um, but Team Titans seems like a very good move for them right now, even if they have lots on their plate. Something is a bit, well, I used to watch the cartoons as a kid, so this is yeah. quite, quite exciting for me to see them in live action. So, yeah, I hope it goes well. I mean, I don't know many of the actors and actresses behind it, but. No. No. Um, I'm just all you've got to do is just hope now and just hope that they got the right. Um, well, I mean, if they've got Greg Berlanti behind her, he, I'm sure he'll do fine with it. Yeah, I mean, it's been written by Berlanti himself, uh, Akiva Goldman, who is one of the writers from Star Trek Discovery and various other things, and Jeff Johns, who's written on The Flash and Arrow and he's chief creative officer of DC. So, you know, he kind of knows his stuff. His writing's great as well, and he's just a superb comic book writer. So, I think between the three of them, they should be able to come up with something pretty pretty solid i would have thought for that but yeah look i'm looking forward to that it seems like it's going to be pretty good uh it's just working out where it's going to air right now uh, <laughs> but which we won't know until they actually reveal a bit more about this director consumer thing that they that dc are doing the last story we move away from comic books but uh, we are going back to the 80s this is a reboot of Magnum PI, which is in the works at CBS. Are you aware of Magnum PI at your age? It, <laughs> it rings a bell. I don't have. I can't say I've ever seen an episode of it. No. No. Well, I mean, that's hardly surprising. It rang from 1980 to 1988. Stars Tom Selleck, or rather Tom Selleck's moustache, because that's obviously the thing that controls him. Tom Selleck is is kind of just the host for Tom Selleck's moustache. Um, <laughs> uh, 
So it was set in Hawaii. It basically evolved around uh, this character called Thomas Magnum, who is an ex-Navy SEAL who lives on uh, quite a posh estate doing private security for the estate owner and also he has his own private investigation company. So it gave them this opportunity to be able to have this really lavish kind of mansion and backdrops and access to flash cars and all that sort of stuff but him still only being a pi you know so uh he got to have all these right really cool toys and things but he's basically using all the fact that he lives on this posh estate so the revamped version is pretty much the same as the original the it's the same principle and the same setup follows thomas magnum a decorated ex-navy seal who's returned home from afghanistan and he's repurposing his military skills to become a private investigator with the help from fellow vets tc calvin and rick wright and that of a disavowed former mi6 agent juliet higgins they take on cases no one else will and help those who have nobody else to turn to it's a sort of action adventure comedy it explores the brotherhood forged by trauma of combat and what it means to return an ex-soldier and their commitment to continuing to serve well in the private sector. The only major change really is the gender switch of the character of Higgins because it was a sort of butlery type British person in the original series and now they've changed it to this disavowed former MI6 agent in this version. So it's a girl, not a guy, but generally yeah. the plot seems very similar I mean it's obviously the big thing going on with the whole uh, female doctor at the mm. moment and everyone's freaking out over that I think as long as they do the the role justice and they act well there's no issue with it I think when it becomes an issue of like oh it's, oh, it's feminism and stuff like that, that that's not what you want to see you just want to see good TV yeah yeah. Um, I mean I don't really know much about Magnum P.I. as you said but like what I do find with a lot of reboots and stuff that's on CBS is that it's not very successful when they do do, do, do like try reboots I, I mean I don't know the history or anything but it just generally seems that way when you've got something on the 80s that they tried to start again a lot, a lot of times you hear it just gets cancelled quite yeah. quickly well, after I mean, one season if anybody can do it it's probably CBS I mean they mm. they of course had Hawaii Five-0 which is on its like eight or eighth or ninth season now, something like that. And it's the same guys behind this that were behind the Hawaii Five-0 reboot. I rather suspect that this has been lined up to take over because Hawaii Five-0 had a bit of controversy with this season because of the fact that two of the actors left due to a pay dispute. And the guy that plays the lead in that show, his contract comes up and he's made noises about not continuing when his contract comes up. So it seems quite likely that Hawaii Five-0 is maybe coming to an end. I mean, they may get another season out of it, but it seems quite likely that it's not going to be around that much longer. So this would be quite a good show to sort of fill that slot for them, I would say, because it's also Hawaii-based. So it means that you've got all the infrastructure set up there that you can use. It's the same guys behind it. The actual characterizations are oddly similar because, I mean, Hawaii Five-0 is an ex-Navy SEAL in the lead role, and this is an ex-Navy sale in the lead role in Y5O it's a team that is working within the police but with a lot more freedom than the police and this is a private investigation company who are probably working alongside the police but without having the restrictions of the police <laughs> so you know I mean th- there are a lot of similarities I guess between the, the two shows yeah. but I mean even if 
even if this does get picked up and a Wi-Fi mode does continue, they have crossed over their shows before. Like uh, Peter Lenkoff, who's one of the two guys behind it, he's also the showrunner on MacGyver, which is another 80s reboot, which has been doing reasonably well. And they've they've crossed MacGyver over with Hawaii Five-O. They've also crossed NCIS LA over with Hawaii Five-O as well. So all those CBS shows are kind of part of the same universe. And this would fit fairly solidly into that universe as well. So wouldn't surprise me if you saw a bit of crossover action happening if the two shows end up continuing together. So yeah, I don't know. I, I quite like the sound of this. I think, you know, if you're a fan of, of the things like Hawaii Five-O, I think that Magnum PI is is going to be more of that sort of thing. There was another Magnum PI thing in development a while back it was about a year ago that which has been developed by abc which was more of a sequel than it was a complete reboot because the idea of that the idea of that version was that it would follow magnum's daughter coming back to take over the pi firm from him but uh, they decided not to pick that up and in all honesty, I actually think, given all the stuff surrounding it and Hawaii Five O and that sort of thing, I think CBS is probably a better fit than ABC for it. Yeah, they've given a fairly sizable pilot commitment to it. That doesn't necessarily guarantee it's going to go to the series, but it sounds like they've put a lot of money behind the pilot for it. So I think there is a fairly solid chance you are going to see a Magnum PI series come out next year. That we want to watch out for. I think, I think, uh, yeah, I, I suspect it'll be something Sky will go for if it does get picked up as well because they're running a Wi-Fi over right now. So, so yeah, no, they're tinkering with it a little bit, but not too much. The original show was, I love the original series because I do remember watching it and it was great fun. So, I, you know, he had a very cool car as well. It was so... <laughs> always <laughs> so, helps. Always helps, yes. Uh, it was a, uh, what was the car he used to drive? Uh, Ferrari 308 GTS, Ooh. which would be a bit dated these days, but I'm sure they'll find an updated Ferrari for him. Yeah, definitely. So... That's all the news for this week. Next up, we move on to the interview. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The interview this week is with the director and editor Kevin Tent. Uh, Kevin is an Oscar nominated editor who makes his directorial debut on the upcoming film Crash Pad. Uh, it stars Christina Applegate, Donald Gleason, Thomas Hayden Church, and Nina Dovbrev. It's uh, a comedy which is currently screening on uh, the festival circuit and is a story about a man who thinks he's found true love with an older woman till he finds out she's married and is using him to get revenge on her husband uh, and very. Various things in ensue from that uh, including the husband deciding to move in with him so uh, it's it's the comedy there's a trailer up and I'll put it up on the post as well uh, it looks quite funny so that's don't know when it's going to get released over here yet but that looks like it could be fun over on his editing hat he's also reteamed with his longtime collaborator Alexander Payne whose latest movie is called Downsizing which is due out on the 19th of January next year it stars Matt Damon Christoph Walsh and Kirsten Wigg and he's based on the idea that scientists 
scientists have decided the best way to save the planet from overpopulation is to ask people to voluntarily shrink themselves down to being five inches tall. Wow, that's um, an interesting concept. Yeah, it's a brilliant <laughs> concept. The trailer, I, I think Bex was talking about this a few weeks ago, but the trailer for this looks amazing. I really like the look of this film. It's, it, it looks and sounds like it's going to be great. So uh, Alexander Payne's an amazing director as well. He's done some brilliant movies like Sideways and The Descendants and that sort of thing. So here's Kevin. Uh, we talk a bit about his film, a bit about his work with Alexander Payne, uh, stuff about editing and uh, to directing for the first time. I was really lovely guy to talk to so i think the interview is about 20 25 minutes we'll see you afterwards with some highlight for next week hello dave how are you i'm all right how are you good thanks for taking a bit of time to to come on and talk about your work well thanks for asking me to and i'm i'm thrilled this is great we'll start off with uh, how did you get into film in the first place well the, i went to a small community college here in los angeles called los angeles city college yeah. And uh, I had this vague notion in my head. If you want to go even further back, I had this vague notion in my mind that I didn't want to do something in movies. So I left college, dropped out of college on the East Coast and came to Los Angeles. Right. And wound up going to Los Angeles City College, which was a total fluke. But the apartment manager that I got my very first apartment at was a struggling DP and trying to be a director <laughs> of photography. And uh, literally on my first day here, I interviewed to get the apartment and he said, do you want to help me on a movie tonight? I'm doing a short film for a student over at LACC. And I said, sure. So um, that's how I wound up going to LACC. And uh I took editing classes and made short films and stuff like that. And then I got my first job editing right out of LACC and it was for an educational film company. So I made those really bad educational films that people saw when they were in high school. Uh, but it was a good job. It was a good job. But my really, my first real big break for editing happened when I got a job at Roger Corman studio. Right. I wound up doing a lot of movies for him and uh, that team down there. And I got better, uh, more refined at editing. And then I got a chance. And I was also at the same time, I was doing like little independent films, like one of my friends, Tamara Davis, who I knew from LACC, did her first feature and I cut that. She was a music video editor at that time, uh, director. And then I got, one day the phone rang and Alexander Payne was on there, which was great. <laughs> and uh, he was looking for an editor for his first feature. And uh, I interviewed with him and met with him and we kind of hit off and uh, he hired me. And then really my career really started taking off after his second film election. Yeah. Which, yeah. which, uh, you know, was a, a huge, it was not a huge hit at its time, but it was a very critically acclaimed film. And that really, yeah. you know, it launched everyone's anyone who had anything to do with election got a huge career bump. From yeah. That. Yeah. So, and then it's just been, uh, I've been editing nonstop since then. I do all of his films and we just screened Downsizing last night for oh, a, one of the cool. first screenings we had in LA. I think it may have been the first screening in LA last night at the Vista Theater here in town. And it went over huge. But even, and then in the meantime, I always thought about directing something. And before Downsizing started, there was a big window because they had to wait for Matt Damon. And I thought maybe now's the time to really push to try to get my movie made. And uh, fortunately, I squeezed it in and got it made and, you know, just in time before I started downsizing. So it worked out perfect. So, uh, yeah, the movie that you directed is called Crash Pad. Do you want to just explain the film a little bit? Well, it's a comedy, we hope. That's what our <laughs> goal. And uh, we've got an amazing cast. It's yes. Donald Gleeson. 
who he's an amazing actor. Nobody's ever seen him like this. He's so funny and he's just so committed. I mean, he just blew, he's blown everyone. Everyone who sees it is blown away by him. Yeah. And then we also got Thomas Hayden Church, who I had known from sideways. Yeah. And um, he did us a big favor and jumped on board. And the two of those together, two guys together are a great team. And then um, we also have Christina Applegate and the beautiful and lovely Nina Dobrev. And uh, what can I tell you? It's a comedy. It's like a, uh, I've been calling it a ass backwards romantic comedy because <laughs> yeah. it's kind of goofy and wacky. And uh, Donald Gleason has a one time, Donald Gleason, I'll use his character name, uh, Stenslin, played yeah. by Donald Gleason, has a, a weekend fling with Christina Applegate. And he thinks he's found the love of his life, but she just sees it as a one night stand and the chance to get back at her husband who she thinks is having an affair. <laughs> so he is emotionally crushed and just really can't handle it. And uh, I don't want to say too much what happens, but he he kind of freaks out and threatens to blackmail her. And then Thomas Hayden Church's character, Grady, comes to see him and they wind up moving in together and uh, to get back at her. And anyways, hijinks ensue. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it is a great cast. Uh, Donald Gleeson is uh, amazing in pretty much everything I've seen him in. It's so true. Um, Yeah. I mean, obviously, Star Wars is in now, but he was in, I'm trying to think, uh, X Machine, X Machine, uh, um, and uh, his Black Mirror episode was great as well, actually. Yeah, Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Loved him in that. And uh, yeah, Thomas Hayden Church, you mentioned Sideways there, uh, which is a phenomenal film. Um, oh, thank you. It's absolutely you. brilliant. And what you're saying is sort of about with Alexander Payne's stuff, um, which you've pretty much worked on everything with. Yeah. He seems te- to do these movies which are incredibly critically acclaimed, but don't necessarily have the largest box office. But yeah. they're absolutely superb. I mean, Sideways, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier and saying I was talking to you and saying, oh, yeah, Sideways is amazing. So. Um, yeah, yeah. An f- absolutely fantastic film. Basically about a group of friends going wine tasting, essentially. Yes. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Two guys, two co- yeah. ex-college roommates. It's, yeah. it's really, it is so good. It's such a good movie. And I just saw it again. I hadn't seen it for years, but, and my son had never seen it. And we just, so we just watched it last summer. Right. And uh, it, I think it holds up great. It's just that the, the two guys are just have such a good chemistry and good relationship. And of course, it's so freaking funny too. But yeah, yeah, um, it's bittersweet funny, which yes. is one of Alexander's great gifts to bring to film. I think. Yeah, I always say Paul Giamatti's one of those guys. Is you know you were in for a good time if Paul Giamatti's in the in the cast somewhere. Yeah, you know? so yeah, it's true. He's always good. He's yeah. always good. He's such a good actor. Yeah, it's fa- fantastic. So, I mean, with with the cast with this, you were saying, you know, Thomas Hayden Church, obviously you knew from Sideways. Yeah. Uh, what about the the other cast? Was it just a case of you sending the scripts out? And Yeah, well, we, Donal was the first person we went to for the, the lead role of Stensland. And right. uh, we were, t- they had, there was a lot of discussion trying to get a Grady first, but then we wound up going to Donal and, you know, he is all, all, the only person I wanted to have play the role. And lucky us, he said yes, which was just awesome. Um, my uh, producer gave it to his agent and she liked it. And then she gave it to him. And the next thing you know, we're, uh, you know, the movie's happening. Yeah. And then we had to get Grady. We had to get a Grady. And like I said, Thomas, you know, did us a big solid and stepped up and did it for, you know, with a first time director and all that stuff and not much money. 
we made the movie for not very much money. And, uh, and then, Oh, the last person we got, Nina joined us. And then the last person we got, we were actually in production in pre-production getting ready to shoot when we got Christina to, to join us, which mm-hmm. thankfully she did. So that was, uh, it was, that was pretty crazy and wild. We didn't, I didn't know when, you know, it's so strange to be going into production and not know who your one actress yeah. is going to get. Yeah. It was kind of stressful when yeah. I look back at it. But thankfully, she joined us. Yeah. Interesting with this as well. Uh, Donald Gleeson uh, he's ki- has kept his, his accent for the film as well. Yeah. Talked um, about that. I always thought that would be good. Actually, I always thought if somebody here to go way back, I always thought whoever the stenciling was should be British for two reasons or English or, you know, or somewhere from the UK, because the dialogue is so uh, specifically written. And I knew it had to have like a really well-trained actor to do it. Like I think an American actor would not be able to do that sharp dialogue. I mean, of course we could find somebody, but so I thought that, yeah, he should be somebody, it should be a, you know, a classically trained actor. And I thought the accent would be good because it would even make more of a fish out of water story. So we kept his original accent. And when we first talked, he thought he was going to play it as an American. I said, I'd be happy if you play it as just who you are. Yeah. Which is what he did. So it all worked out great. Yeah, that makes sense. Where did the story actually come from? It's actually based on a true story from Jeremy Catalino, the writer. He actually had an affair (laughs) with a woman and uh, it was a weekend fling. And he was like, oh my God, I finally, you know, I'm finally happy. And then she said, oh, no, I'm married. And so uh, he was crushed and really mad. And that's the catalyst for the movie. And then I think everything else he made up after that. But it's <laughs> yeah. based, based on a true story. Yes. Having the husband move in with you. I did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but he did think one of the husbands was going to kind of come down and kill him. And that's what it, that's, I think, yeah. one of the, the, the starting things in it. <laughs> it's awesome. Do you know when is it released? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's been released to you guys yet. Um, it's been released here. It's on VOD right now. So people can get it on iTunes and Amazon and stuff like that. And then it has a small theatrical release starting um, October 27th. And then I'm not sure when it's coming out in the UK, but it definitely is. They told me that there's a distributor involved. So I know that okay. somebody's going to. So I really hope people can get a chance to see it because they will love Donald Gleason in it. If there are any kind of Donald Gleason fans, they will totally love it. I've only seen the trailer for it, but I it looks brilliant. You have to it, see it. Yeah, it looks really funny. I will definitely be watching it when, when I, I get the chance. Yes, we'll hook you up somehow. Um, that'd be awesome yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd love to see it the other film that you mentioned there is the one you're currently doing with Alexander or have just finished yeah. with Alexander which is Downsizing yeah. which yeah. looks brilliant I love it the is. idea of this it's it, really good it's uh, Matt Damon Christoph Waltz Kirsten Wig are the kind of main leads in it and the premise is basically that humans are using up too much resource so yeah. they literally are shrinking like downsizing shrinking people so they're not using up as much of yes. the planet it's the idea. Right, exactly. That's the only way scientists, these Norwegian scientists, discover how to shrink molecular material, and they see it as the only way to save the planet. So, and so they start doing it. And of course, everyone's intentions at first are good. But then what happens is human nature takes over and people start downsizing themselves because they can save money. They sell their big houses and they buy these mansions and these planned communities and shrink themselves down. And it gets to be a crazy, nutsy, kooky movie, but it's really good. And like I said, we screened 
last night for the very first time, the first screening in Los Angeles, I think. And uh, boy, people loved it. They just uh, ate it up. So Good. I'm very excited if, that, if we get that reception everywhere. You know, it just played the London Film Festival and I haven't even found out how it went there, but I know it played there. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah that's one I definitely want to see as well because it looks yeah. it looks fabulous. They um, did a great job on that trailer too. That's one, of, usually I hate all the trailers of movies that I work on, but those guys on that one nailed it, I think. I think they did a great job of it. Yeah, I always find that really interesting because you are the editor for the film, but quite often it's very rare that as the editor you end up doing the trailer as well. A couple times. A couple times I've taken a crack at it, you know, with uh, I used to cut trailers back when I was first starting out and stuff, but you know, it's yeah. a real skill set and it's a real specific skill set to sell a movie in two minutes or a minute and a half, you know. Yeah. So sort of don't really have that skill set, I guess. But I have done it a couple times or, you know, somebody has an idea in the cutting room and want to try it and they're not happy with the trailer. Then, you know, but usually you're so busy working on the movie, too. You don't really have time to I, start yeah. spending two weeks on a trailer or a week on a trailer <laughs> or something. But yeah, I did I, a really funny one for Nebraska, which it never went anywhere. But. It's pretty funny. It was a simple one, but uh, but it never got out there in the world. So when you sort of got into editing, what's kind of the most challenging thing for you when you work uh, on a film? Well, I guess, you know, it depends what the movie is, depends what the director is. But basically, you, you know, you kind of refocus the movie on what it is going to be. And sometimes you don't even know what the movie is going to be or you have a general idea. It's like, oh, it's going to be, a, you know, a, a drama or something. But as you get all this footage in, you just start trying to make the best version of that drama that you can. And then it kind of evolves and becomes its own thing at a certain point. And that's especially true about Alexander's movies and especially true about downsizing. There's so much stuff that we cut out and there was, just, you know, it was it took a while to focus in on, on what it became in the end. So that's one of the big challenges, you know, and then just making sure the performance are all great and believable and you know that people are engaged in the movie that's your biggest goal is yeah. to keep people engaged and that's i think the biggest goal of an editor is to make sure you, you as the editor are keeping the audience engaged so that's probably your biggest challenge yeah i mean a lot of the time people kind of think of the actors and the directors the editors sort of appears to be the man behind the curtain a lot of the time and you don't sometimes you, yeah you don't really think of it as much but yeah. so much of a film is put together in the edit you know i mean it's so true yeah it completely you can have if, if you've ever seen like you you can go online and you know how some people will re-edit trailers as like you yeah. know, you'll have a horror movie re-edited as a comedy or right and, yeah, yeah. and that sort of stuff and it, that is a very basic way of, of showing how much an edit can completely alter the a, a oh, film yeah. you know i know yeah. i know and no one ever sees they only see the one version it's the only yeah. that's what's kind of crazy about it no one you can't say Oh, but it used to be like this. I try to do that all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, no, we had scenes that did this, and but they're so abstract, and no one under, really understands what they meant to the film, and whether they were good or bad, or you know, or yeah. whether they helped the film or hurt the film. And it's kind of funny. So they only can judge what they see, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. You get a sort of, I suppose, the movie that comes out is technically the editor's cut. And then go say release director's cuts of things. And you kind of think, right. so maybe, maybe the movie that comes out is sort of the editor's cut. Although I imagine you've got somebody standing over you going to yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> this I, I the, the only time they call anything the editor's cut is the very first cut. And yeah. those are usually horrible because they're, they've got everything in it. At least when I do my first pass <laughs> and everything, I follow the script. I put in all the lines. I put in all the scenes, even though what I'm putting it together, I'm like, 
if we ended the scene right here, it'll be so much better. But on the first pass, you have to show everything. And they, you know, they spend a lot of time and money shooting stuff. And so you're like, eventually that's going to go away. But the mm-hmm. first cut, you usually show it all. And it's clunky. And, you know, like if you cut a scene in the morning and then you cut a scene in the afternoon, then you put the two of them together, you will feel like in the morning, maybe you had a little more energy and it's a little tighter. And then, boom you hit the afternoon scene where you're a little sleepier when you were editing and it's a little slower. And when you really notice that when you put the two scenes next to each other, and that's what happens in the whole editor's assembly. Yeah. It's like all the map. And then you go back though, and you start to fine tune it and paste it out and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I find the editing side of things. I, I've, if I was ever going to get like fully involved in a film, I think editor is probably where I'd, I'd go to. Cause I mean, I have some experience of, of editing things uh, sort of way back in the day. I, started off as designing sort of things like cd-roms and that sort of stuff and the company uh, that i worked for uh, right. also had an editing department so i ended up uh, kind of doing some video editing but it and it was right. those it was those corporate videos and that sort of stuff that you, you oh know, yeah you do, you do all that yeah, sort that's of stuff. practice that's yeah. what i started out as that yeah. was good so you know, i know it's the best job ever honestly it's really if you're going to do a job in the film business it's a good one yeah it's really creative you get to work with a lot of really great people every movie's different every episode of television is different you know it's just constantly changing which is kind of nice yeah i mean you've mainly worked on films haven't you you've done, yeah yeah you've... some tv pilots i've done a few tv pilots but mostly okay. and a couple animated films that's probably pretty much it you never had an maddening, maddening desire to go work in tv <laughs> i would i have a couple pilots but yeah tv's really fast those guys work amazing like yeah. i know a bunch of tv editors i can't believe how quickly they turn it, it actually reminds me a lot of roger corman's studio when we were down there, because he right. we would turn around, you know, low budget features and the amount of time that these guys do television. But the television's so good these days. It's, you know, yeah. you know, there used to be this kind of attitude, oh, it's television. But now I think it's television's doing more creative and more experimental and bold things than movies can do these days, it seems like. There's yeah. More freedom. Yeah. There were a few few things because I'm a huge geek, I mean the comic book things are are something oh, yeah. which I I'm hugely into. And they've had a couple of passes at making Alan Moore's work, like Watchmen and V for Vendetta, into films. Right, right. And they're now doing those as TV series. Right, that's probably better. Yeah, and I always looked at those those books because uh, Watchmen in particular, it's, I mean, Zack Snyder had a good stab at it, but it, it there is yeah. just no way you can fit the whole of that book into... Into a two-hour movie. Yeah, it just, you can't do it. So, yeah. I, I mean, even a four-hour movie would have been a struggle. And I th- so I think, that putting it into a long form format particularly it's been done for hbo and right. it's their sort of first foray into, into that into that sort of superhero genre but i think that is going to be something to watch yeah and as you say the amount of detail that goes into some tv shows i mean you look at things like oh. game of game of thrones oh my god i know they spend a fortune on those i mean they, but they look it i mean they look yeah. amazing and they're they are amazing so mm. i know yeah. And it's even crazy. all the Netflix shows, you know, those are yeah. incredible too. You know, yeah. it's hard to even keep up on all of them. There's so much. There's so much and there's so much good stuff coming out. Yes. I mean, particularly with Netflix and Amazon now. It's, I know. It's crazy. I know. Netflix, I Amazon, know. HBO, you could really kind of, that's all you really need. You know? I know. That's exactly their theory too. So yeah. I, I think that's, that's what's going to happen. It's crazy. I know. The final two questions that we always ask people, mainly because we deal with a lot of TV 
shows on the site. I know you're mainly a feature person, but first of all, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Right now, none. The last one I watched as a series was on Netflix. Was is it AO? Did you see that? Oh one? yeah, yeah, the AO. Yeah, yeah, the AO. I watched that. I thought that was amazing. I thought that was great and yeah. just creepy and weird, and I didn't know where the hell that was going. Yeah. Uh, so I watched that one. That's, I guess I would say that's the last thing I watch. And then the other things I watch are like news shows or, you know, watch movies on HBO or Netflix and stuff like that, or Turner Classic Movies. And But yeah, that's the last TV episode, like the whole series that I watched. Yeah. Netflix. Did you see that one? Yes, I did. I did. I thought that was brilliant. And Netflix so, are doing so well at the moment. Yeah. So, oh, so weird. I know. I, you I know. know. Stranger Things coming back. Yes, Mo- I watched. Oh, I watched that too. I did watch that. Yeah. that season one. I watched. Yes, yeah, season two's out in uh, later next soon. month. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah soon. Yeah. It's yeah, very soon. Mindhunter as well, which is the new thing that's out on the moment. Uh, you saw that? I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, Mindhunter is brilliant. Very, very really? worth okay. watching. Absolutely superb. Yeah, on Netflix, really nicely shot as well. I thought. Yeah. Um, really Great. Just uh, well worth watching. Depends if you like serial killer kind of things but it's uh yeah really good oh good okay i'll check that out and uh if you had the opportunity to work on one tv show could be past present or future which show would it be oh god i don't know um oh you know what maybe twin peaks oh cool yes yeah i would have loved the first the first iteration of it that was a I, you know, that was before we had VCRs and all that stuff. And I remember rushing home from work in order to get home to watch the next episode. I think that doesn't happen anymore. I mean, why would it? You know, now you can just watch things whenever. But that would have been a great show to work on, I think. Yeah. Netflix have just released a thing talking about binge racing is the latest binge thing. Binge racing. What is that? Were you? That's, that's where people, uh, they have s- statistics. They released a bunch of statistics of shows that people have binged their way through within 24 hours of the season being launched. Wow. So, so they watched the whole thing like in a weekend. Yeah. So they've they've basically, yeah, where people have, have binged their way through it wow. in, in like one weekend and they've released statistics. There was something like 8.4 million members have binge raced their way through a season since wow. 2013. Wow. It's crazy. Wow, that is crazy. And my son um, took a tour of the Netflix building, which is brand new down here on Sunset. Oh, wow. Um, over the summer. And I think he said something astronomical. Like, I think he said it was, they told him it was 60% of all streaming, of all internet downloading is and streaming is Netflix, yeah. which is just mind boggling. If you think of all the things that are flying over the internet, if 60% of it is Netflix, Netflix. that's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. It's insane. Mm. It's I might awesome. have that number wrong, but it was something like that. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard statistics sort of not dissimilar to that but uh right. but yeah. yeah uh number one binge raced show out of their top 20 shows was uh gilmore girls apparently oh that's so funny that's so, so funny in so, crash pad we had a running gag with gilmore girls but we couldn't get the rights to it oh no so, yeah so we changed it to dawson's creek but uh dawson's creek works great so but uh <laughs> but yeah uh that's funny yeah yeah, yeah, I adore I, that show. It's yeah, <laughs> brilliant. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. I thought that was interesting. The uh, the the whole binge racing idea, I thought was quite. Yeah, cool. I know people that do that though. My sister and her husband do that. Yeah, they, they sit home for a whole weekend and just plow through a 
a show. Yeah, it's that oh. that just one more episode thing that you... <laughs> I know. I know that happens to me too when I start that. Yeah. Oh, I know what else we watch. I don't know. Have you seen any of that? Um, the uh, documentary on the Vietnam War, the Ken Burns thing. Yeah, I've I haven't seen all of it yet, but because other things have got in the way. But that's brilliant. Yeah. I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching that. That's been going out on BBC Four over here. Yeah, yeah it's really good. I mean, we're we're behind because we were traveling and stuff. But boy, I don't know if you saw the 1968 version. That was. Can't that. Remember, don't think I've got that far yet. I've, Sometimes, Three episodes, you know, think how crazy our world is now. Boy, 1968 was really a crazy year. You know? Yeah, it's nuts. Awesome. Been lovely to talk to you. Thank you for coming up. Thank you for having me. And I, and please go see Crash Pad and go see Downsizing. I will. Definitely. Definitely. I want to see both of them. They look brilliant. So Great. Well, okay, have a, have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. That was the interview with Kevin. Hope you enjoyed that. We don't know exactly when Crash Pad is out yet, but Downsizing comes out on the 19th of January next year in UK cinemas. So uh, go watch out for that. Now, so here is some highlights for next week on TV. Highlights for next week. We kick off with uh, superheroes again. Uh, it's Marvel's Inhumans. Oh, it starts on the 25th of October at 9pm. Any thoughts on this? Have you seen any of this? Um, I haven't since we last discussed it on the last one. Um, so it, my opinion could easily change. But um, I will be giving it a watch because I'm, I actually am intrigued now after everyone's <laughs> talking about it. I, would, I am going to be, be uh, there and watching that. Yeah. But... Um, it's it's just a matter of whether or not it's going to be the standards of the Netflix series. Yeah, is what I'm kind of wondering, and I'm not sure it quite get there, but I reckon it would be close. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Having seen the the cinematic thing that they released, it's not up to the standards as the Netflix series from okay. what I saw of that. But I don't know. It's whether it can get out of its first season, whether they will keep it around because its its ratings started off okay. They have since dropped a bit. Whether they've dropped enough to get it cancelled i don't know yet i i mean it's difficult to say with these things on uh, on abc when they run over there i mean abc w- didn't really want the show in the first place apparently uh, and wow. it was disney that it was disney that insisted that they air it so uh, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens but uh, yeah that's but that's coming to sky one 25th of october at 9 p.m it was fun though i mean i yeah. i enjoyed it and uh, oh you've seen it all the way through I, I haven't seen it all the way through i've only seen the okay. first couple of episodes because they they did this the IMAX cinema release I've only seen that I've said that I want to see it on the small screen which is what it was really designed for because yeah. I don't think IMAX did it any favors so yeah I'm I'm just I'm interested to see and I want to see more of it and see where it goes yeah but, definitely and also you know with um, ABC and Agents of Shield the yeah. first season of that wasn't great but no. then it picked up and it no. found its feet incredibly fast yeah and it's actually one of my favorite tv series because of the, the way it dictates itself now and it kind of accepted what it is like a, a series about um people that you wouldn't find in comic books but you know they're, yeah. just, they're just there in the universe doing their thing yeah so maybe that's what the humans would t- turn out to be like i don't know yeah i mean that that is very true i mean people forget how badly agents of the shield was doing in its first yeah. season so 
So um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But uh, yeah, 25th of October on Sky One at 9pm that comes. That is followed by a new show called Bounty Hunters, which stars Jack Whitehall as an action hero. Um, <laughs> exactly. uh, that's wow. coming at 10pm on the 25th. It, it's basically uh, Jack Whitehall. It's a comedy that he wrote with his um, Fresh Meat collaborator. It stars Rosie Perez, Oscar-nominated Rosie Perez. Uh, so it's a very odd setup. But he gets involved with the wrong people. They end up going on the run and hilarity ensues. It's kind of the uh, the the setup for it. But um, yeah, no, it looks like it could be quite quite good fun. That I will give that a watch. But that's on the 25th of October at 10pm. Then uh, Empire is back for its fourth season. This time on Five Star. It's moved off E4. It's coming to Five Star. That is on the 25th of October at 10pm as well. And Stranger Things is back for its second season. Uh, this is on the 27th of October on Netflix. I loved the first season of this. Oh, I haven't got there yet. Oh. I think it's next on the watch list on... Um uh, on the uh, the binge the watch list yes the binge watch list um, we've worked through like obviously Defenders and Jessica Jones we're gonna we're gonna get to Stranger Things yeah. we're gonna get there yeah you should before the second season comes out because it, it's a great great series well, five days get moving uh, but yeah so that's that's coming out on the 27th of October amazing series well worth catching up with the second one uh, The Good Doctor which is coming to Sky Living on the 27th at 9pm this is the new medical drama from uh, David Shaw starring Bates Motel's Freddie Highmore about a young servant who has autism and is on the savant spectrum so difficulty connecting with people but a genius level intellect it looks like it could be a really interesting special show they've given it a full season order in the US now so it's definitely going to be sticking around and I think it's really likely to be backed up for a new season so yeah that's the good doctor coming to Sky Living on the 27th of October at 9pm Star Wars Rebels is back for its fourth season. That's on the 28th at 9am. I love this series. I really enjoy Rebels and uh, this is the final season of it. It's a lovely way of fleshing out that sort of slightly pre-A New Hope bit of Star Wars, I think. Same way that Rogue One kind of fleshes that out. It, It does that really, really well. So uh, well worth going to watch if you've not caught Star Wars Rebels yet. Last Man on Earth Season 3 is finally getting shown on Dave at 11pm on the 29th of October. I watched the first few seasons of this and then kind of dropped away Mm -hmm. from it, but I know lots of people have been waiting for this to come back because it's. uh, I think they're actually on Season 4 or 5 in the US now. Dave had some problems getting it on air, but uh, they've now resolved that, so it's it's back for its third season. See, I I watched the first few episodes of it and I didn't quite quite dig it but I'm sure it's it picked up a bit but I never really kept on it Yeah. Um, yeah. so I might want to go back and have a look at that if I've got time it yeah. just seems like it's a, kind of a funny thing to watch it, w- it was too deep <laughs> yeah it was it was, a, it was a good entertaining show it just got lost in a deluge of like everything else that's back at this time of year Ghosted as we mentioned that's coming on the 30th of October at uh, 9.30 it's uh, either X-Files with Last or X-Files that meets Ghostbusters is the uh, basic premise then Strike Back is back 
for season six. That's on the 31st of October at 9pm. New cast. So the uh, the uh, Scott and Stonebridge aren't back, but we've got an entirely new cast for it. I love the other series and I love those guys in it, but I think they've got a fairly solid cast behind it for this season. So um, I am looking forward to that returning just to see what the new guys are like. Then we've got Channel Zero, which is a horror anthology series that's coming back to five star on the 31st of October at 10pm for its second season. And Dave Gorman's Modern Life is Goodish returns for its fifth season on the 31st of October at 10pm, which is hilarious if you've never watched that. It's one of my favourite TV shows. It's well worth going to watch. And I think that's everything for this week, unless you've got anything else you want to put in. Dave Gorman's life, Modern Life is Goodish is one of my favourite kind of Dave shows. Yeah. It's just great. The way he constructs it is yeah. uh, impeccable because he creates like a story all the way through. Yeah. And and, and then there's a twist at the end and you're like oh wow I didn't expect that to come there yeah so yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see that I'll tune in for that one yeah looks really good so um, nothing else to add except to say that if you're a Walking Dead fan we will be back doing the Walking yes. Dead UK podcast which is over on Entertainment Talk I'm assuming we're doing that like Wednesday so it'll be Wednesday or Thursday that's how yeah. so that will be back for the rest of our stuff you can find it at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date info if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk you can leave a message on the website post you can find us at geektown on twitter or on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown or on instagram at geektown uk should also say next week or rather the end of this week is mcn comic con in london so if you're around down there and you spot me say hi i'll be there from sort of friday saturday and sunday it also means that next Next week's show is quite likely to be an interview show with the interviews from Comic Con rather than the full show because I'm also uh, it's also the Peaky Blinders premiere next Monday as well. So not sure exactly what format next week's going to show will take, but we will see you then, whatever it is. Bye bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 